as you know, Generations Community Church is moving. I spent one afternoon, because that's all I had, I spent one afternoon just daydreaming, what could I have if I changed my office around, right? And do you know, I didn't even know that Ikea made these, but you can get a crank stand sit desk. It's the most amazing thing ever. It's got a hand crank and you, you know how it works. You go crank, 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 crank. And all of a sudden, oh, it's a standing desk. And then you go crank, 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 crank. And then it's a sitting desk. And then guess what? You go crank, 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 crank. And it's a standing desk again. It is the most amazing thing ever. There's one problem with that. It's not in the budget. It's not in Team Generation's budget, and it's not in Team Vanderpool's budget. And it's not even in need, because you know what? I have a desk. I have bookcases. I have things that I need. Now, I say this not because I want somebody to pony up money so I can get a crank desk. I say this because I want you to know that I am human just like you. And there are occasionally things that I think I want in my life that I either can't afford or don't need. Things like this right here. <laughs> Things like that right there. That's an Alfa Romeo, 1970 Alfa Romeo. And you know what? I don't need one of those. You want to know why? I already have a problem with speed. And in, in a car like this, two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to slide under a semi and get decapitated, or or I'm just not going to make one of the curves on one of our many curvy roads in Kentucky, and I'm just going to fly to meet Jesus, okay? <laughs> so I don't need an Alfa Romeo, but I occasionally daydream. And so for those of you don't, that don't know how this works, if you keep your Facebook browser open and then go search for things like this, you'll get those ads in Facebook. So I, I curtail the ads in Facebook so that I'm seeing things <laughs> that I daydream about, right? Okay, just a helpful hint uh, today. When it comes to money though, when it comes to money, a mark of maturity is something called delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. If you want, you can turn to your spouse right now and say, you're so immature, right? <laughs> you're so immature, right? A mark of maturity is delayed gratification. And the truth of the matter is, it's getting harder and harder in America these days to do the whole delayed gratification thing because so many people have so much and you see what they have all the time. In fact, it drives past you every day. Come on, aren't you amazed at what some of your friends and coworkers do. A renovation in their home, a car that they pull up in the parking lot with, a trip that they take. And here's how it works on social media. They post about it, and you being the dutiful Facebook friend, what do you do? Like, you like the post. You might even take the extra step where you go, way to go, that looks so amazing, I'm so happy for you, but let's be honest, it's church, Jesus is here. Many of us have a struggle bus at that point because we have the case of what I call the wah-wahs. Wah-wah, how's come they and how's come I, right? And the wah-wahs set in. And so it's really hard. If you're a student, I understand how this works. I've been to both East and West Jessamine High Schools. And I'm gonna tell you that somebody's parents at both of those high schools have bought 
a student, a brand new, totally tripped out Jeep. There's one sitting at East's parking lot. There's one sitting at West parking lot. It's just reality. So I know that you've got friends who have whole gaming system things set up to where you think, what? And again, wah, how's come they? How's come I, okay? So which is why in America we do this thing where lifestyle chases after income. Here's how this works. If you're a college student and you're making about $6,700 a year, guess how much you spend? $6,700 a year. If you're making $34,000 a year, guess how much you spend? $34,000 a year. If you're making $275,000 a year, guess how much you spend? <laughs> Actually, Josh, actually, in America, we do that. We actually will spend 100% or sometimes 105% or 120% of what we make. Um, it is the weirdest thing. Back in 2005, back in 2005, uh, there were a lot of people that were caught off guard about how that worked, okay? So let's be honest for a moment. When we're doing the whole comparison game, what we do typically is we look up the food chain. So if you live in a nice home in Nicholasville, what you do is you drive down Harrodsburg Road and you go, wow, wow, must be nice. If you are driving a six-year-old car and your brother-in-law buys a brand new fill-in-the-blank, right, all of a sudden you go, wow, wow, it must be nice. So what we tend to do in America is we tend to look up the food chain in terms of uh, income and what people have. We never look down the food chain. We rarely do that. So we don't, it's rare that we go, wow, I've got only a six-year-old car, I can't believe it, or wow, I've actually got two cars, who would have thought, or wow, I've got more than one bathroom in my house, holy cow, Batman, like we just don't do those kinds of things. We, have, we tend to look up the food chain, which is why today I'm begging you, pleading you, cajoling you, doing everything I can to get you to fight for margin when it comes to your income. I want you to fight for margin. I want you to have margin. I want you to have wiggle room in your family finances so that you can save, you can travel, you can be generous, you can do all kinds of things because you've simply got margin. You got wiggle room. And that's what I wanna do today. And to do that, we're gonna look at three different Proverbs, three different Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is not some kind of self-help book that if Oprah were to write the Bible, she would write it, no. Proverbs is a set of wise sayings that describe situations in life that come up regularly enough that they kind of name it or have a way of describing it. And so it's, it's laying out a better way to live in the book of Proverbs. And the first one we're gonna look at is Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. And I'll get that up there. Or let's see, Proverbs 21, 20, okay? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Who spends 100% of what they make? Fools. fools. We don't want to be fools. Unfortunately, about three or four out of every five Americans are, by biblical definition, 
fools. I don't know if you know this, but here's some personal saving rates of other countries. If you live in China right now and you're making money in China, you typically live on about 62% of what you make and every single month, every single year, you're chunking away 38% of what you make. You're just saving it, chunk, 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 chunk. If you live in France, you're setting aside 16%, which means you're only living on 84% of what you make. In Australia, Australia, mate, it's 11%. Now, America is coming in, we're not bad. And guess what? We're better than Denmark. In Denmark, some of y'all are like, we need to be like Western Europe. Ah! <laughs> Denmark is like, we, they're spending 102% of what they make. Maybe they're hoping Germany will invade again and make it better for them, I don't know. But like, so no, not good, okay, not good. So Proverbs 21:20, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. There's another one, Proverbs 30, verse 25. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. There's a t-shirt for you. Ants, they aren't strong, but by golly, they store up food all summer, those ants. Ants are an interesting thing. Why do ants do this? Why do ants store up food all summer? Say it louder. Winter is coming. There are seasons to life. You're gonna have seasons of abundance. You're gonna have seasons of scarcity. You're gonna have spring, summer, fall, winter come in your life. Maybe not in that order, right? You might have summer, 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 winter! Like, it's sometimes life works that way. In 2005, that's what played out in the United States. In 2005, all across America, you had families that had two car payments. They, had a, they took out a mortgage that was 125% of the value of the home. So in other words, what they did is they borrowed the sale price of the home and they added another 25% to that to do travel or pay down college debt or do whatever. And so when 2005 hit, there were a lot of people in the United States that did what? Ah! Collective screaming, like when Alderaan exploded, like it was bad, okay? It was bad. And so wiggle room and planning for these times of scarcity is huge. And one of the ways that you do that is by having margin. I know that winter will come, and some of the thing, one of the things I hate about God is that when I'm preaching about something, he wants me to live it right before I preach it. I hate that about God, I'm just gonna be upfront, right? I, I'm already, you know, I'm already like, why did I plan this financial series for the fall? You wanna know what's happening to the Vanderpool household? Let me lay it out for you. In April, our fridge died. Hmm. We had an emergency fund, no problem. In May, our dishwasher died. Now we were starting to build back the emergency fund so the build back stuff went to the dishwasher. And the next month, the tires that I was gonna wait and use my uh, Asbury teaching money in the spring to pay for, he'd announced he was taking the uh, two of my daughters on a long trip and we were like, well, I'm not putting him on the road on those almost bald tires halfway across the country. So the next month we put tires on the car, even though that was gonna wait till later. Then, our sump pump died, another tear. Okay, so 
So I've been living winter, 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 winter. And I'm just gonna tell you that winter sometimes comes. Winter sometimes comes. There's one more proverb I want us to look at, and it's Proverbs chapter six, verses six through eight. And I'm gonna find this in my Bible because I wanna read it right out of here. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor to rule over them to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Diligence, determination, discipline, those are ants. We could learn a lesson from the ants, couldn't we, Americans? Yes, we could. Yes, we could. Uh, there's an entomologist out of the University of Kentucky who will, uh, for those of you that love ants, you're not gonna like what I say next. He creates molten aluminum molds of their ant colonies. Yes, it kills the ants. Here's a, here's a molten aluminum mold of one of the ant colonies that he found. Notice how deep that goes. That's, a, that's four or five feet tall, those ants, working and storing and working and storing. You know, downright un-American, <laughs> at least the way we live life today. Last week in the story of the shrewd manager, the parable of the shrewd manager, Jesus was pointing out and admiring that the guy had a plan for his future. He planned for his future, and that was something that was admirable. I don't need the gift of prophecy to know what's in your future. How many of you either use a car or own a car every given week? That's everybody in this room, okay? Everybody. Do you know what I know about your car? In the next 24 months, it's going to need repaired. Something's gonna go. It's the water pump, hopefully not the transmission, the brakes, <laughs> it's gonna be something. It will be one of those sensors that the guy says, well, yeah, it's blah, 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 sensor. That'll be $400. You're like, do I really need the sensor? What's it sensing? Like, <laughs> okay, right? It's gonna happen. So you gotta be prepared for these things. Again, I want you to fight for margin because if you don't fight for margin, you're gonna do everything in life by what you can afford. You're gonna live in the house that you can afford. You're gonna drive the cars that you can afford. You're gonna buy the clothing and whatnot that you can afford, but you're not gonna be ready for these seasonal things that happen. And I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. Let me ask a couple of questions. First of all, when was the last time something went wrong financially in your life? Some of you are like, well, the last 30 days and we had the family budget meeting. I mean, argument about that. And it was great, Max. Thank you for bringing that up in church, okay? When was the last time something went wrong financially? What did you do? What did you do? And what if, what if it had been the case that you had had margin? What if you had $1,000 in a savings account or tucked under the mattress? And what if you had just three months worth of income set aside as a just-in-case? Would your stress level have been lower? Yeah, your stress level would have been like, no problem, we got this. Again, when the fridge died, I didn't have a freak out. And then every month that something's gone on, I've been like, well, I know we'll get to building that emergency fund back, it's gonna happen, but we'll just take what we were gonna do and it will go for that. Whew, okay, got it covered, it's not the end of the world. So let me, let me walk this out. What does this mean to apply what God is telling us? Well, first and foremost, establish an emergency fund. That means if you've got kids, 
if you have kids, whether you're married or single, that's $1,000, $1,000 set aside. If you're single and you don't, or you don't have kids, it's $500. But put it in a savings account, put it under the mattress, don't touch it, and do whatever you need to do to get that $1,000. Maybe you need to sell some things through the online Jesmine sale. Maybe you need to tell everybody, okay, this month and next month, we're just having cold cereal. Cold cereal is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's what it is. Or it's ramen noodles, baby. It's ramen noodles until mom and dad have a thousand bucks set aside. Sorry about your luck. Ding. This is good for you. It builds character. Okay. You can do whatever you need to do, right? But make it a priority to get that emergency fund because you can't do anything else. You can't tackle debt. You can't, like if you don't have that basic margin for when Murphy comes to your home, you're not protected, right? And so first step, get an emergency fund. Get an emergency fund. Well, let's cover some things because you guys seem smarter than the average bear. Let's say that Jenny and I come home one night and she thought I was going to make dinner and I thought she was going to make dinner. And now it's seven o'clock and Maddie's like, I'm hungry. Not that she talks that way, right? Is that an emergency? No. <laughs> is that an emergency, Josh? No. no, it is not an emergency. What if I have an event for the chamber and I think to myself, man, I really want that pair of shoes. Da, 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 da. Is that an emergency? No. Let's say my five-year-old fridge dies. Is that an emergency? Let's say that Maddie has to go. Uh, she got so sick, she had to go to the ER and her meds and all that cost 150 bucks. Is that an emergency? Okay, so you get the idea, right? You want to establish an emergency fund. That's the first take home for today. The second one is once you've paid off debt, in other words, if you've got car payments and student loan payments and credit card payments, forget everything I'm about to say. But if you're debt free, you could make a goal to begin saving so that you get to a point where you have three to six months of income set aside. Imagine how you would feel the next time you got called into the office and they said, hey, huh, shareholder thing, we're eliminating your position. Instead of panic, you'd be like, okay, I've got time to figure things out, right? I've got time to figure things out. So again, don't tackle number two if you've got debt. And we'll get into that next week. But like, if you're debt free, what an amazing goal. What an amazing place to be where you've got that sense of, okay, I've got time to figure things out, right? Last but not least, decide now to live on a percentage of your income. You know what I want for you? I want you to actually live on less than what you make. Less than what you make. Don't, don't do the 100% or God forbid 105% or 120%. Like live on less than what you make. Pick a number. Maybe that's 99%, 98%, 90%, 82%, 60%. Think for me for a moment. For those of you that are like 30 Imagine what it would be like to be 55 years old. Let's just take the median income for Jessamine County, which is about $50,000. And let's assume you're married and you and your spouse together, you have $100,000 now of income at age 55, which means what? You're putting in the bank around five grand a month at least. What if $2,000 of that $5,000 that was coming in every month 
was just extra was discretionary income wasn't paying bills wasn't going to do basic stuff do you think you could have a little fun do you think you could do some things do you think if when there was a need that came up whether it was at church or a friend of yours you could be spontaneously generous and not feel like oh i can't do anything this is killing me right you would be much better positioned if you had that kind of extra okay so pick a number pick a number and make that a goal we're going to live on less than what we make now i occasionally get pushback about some things that i teach from the bible from some of our younger folks and they will say some version of well mac that's just the bible and that's ancient peoples and it's like does not apply to it's the 21st century <clears throat> everything that i'm going to cover that's from the bible in this money series ironically is exactly the way millionaires live in the united states even though they may not be people of faith even though they may not know anything about the bible believe it or not they actually live out these principles it's almost as though the guy who wrote the book knew what he was doing just saying one of the key things so the number one thing that millionaires in america have in common they live well below their means. The number one characteristic from the book, The Millionaire Next Door. That's the number one thing they all have in common, which means that your typical millionaire does not live in a home that costs a million dollars. Many millionaires live in homes valued well under $300,000. Many millionaires drive older cars. Warren Buffett is famous for this. He buys a car and drives it till it's almost dead and then auctions it off and somebody pays like $100,000 just to have Warren Buffett's car and it goes to charity, right? So again, these, uh, these principles, millionaires know it. The way to get ahead is to actually live on less than what you make. That's the way to do it. And so again, I want you to fight for margin. I want you to fight for margin. It's worth it to have margin. It's worth it to be living on less than you make because you can be prepared for when winter comes. You can be spontaneously generous, whether it's the church, whether it's the food pantry, whether it's your brother-in-law. Something comes along, you're, you know, you're able to cut a car loose or do something amazing, okay? I want you to fight for margin. It's worth it.